Welcome to the Strange Matters Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything that is bizarre, mysterious, and unexplained. I'm Eric, with my fellow host, Sean, and Ethan. In honor of the New Year's holiday, this show is going to be a little bit different. On today's episode, we have a fun episode. We put together a tournament of 16 iconic monsters from the classics, such as Frankenstein's monster, to lesser-known evils, such as Pyramid Head from the Silent Hill franchise. Eric and I will be making our case for each battle on who we think which monster will be victorious. And Ethan here will be the final judge who decides who moves one step closer to the championship. That's right. In our first fight of the night, we have the stealthy predator facing off against the creature from the Black Lagoon. Right, take it away, Eric. Alright, so the predator is a sci-fi monster seen in the popular Predator series. Predators are an extraterrestrial species characterized by their hunting of other dangerous species for sport and honor. These victims oftentimes include humans. They're about 7 and 8 feet tall and weigh over 300 pounds. Predators usually hunt alone, and they also have this code of honor which dictates greater pride the more dangerous the foe. So some of their powers, predators stalk and kill their prey using a combination of highly advanced technology such as active camouflage and energy weapons, combined with traditional ancient weapons such as wrist blades, spears, and nets. They're larger and much stronger than humans and capable of many athletic feats. So they're pros, strength, advanced technology and weapons, and experience of hunting the galaxy's most dangerous game. So they're they're well-seasoned hunters. Yeah, they're one of the truly deadliest hunters in the entire galaxy. They do have a few cons, minor cons. They're uh, pretty reliant on technology at times, and they have special vision views that can fail under certain circumstances. So, for instance, their infrared imaging can sometimes go down. And also, they have this code of honor that can be limiting in some senses and can sometimes be used against them, possibly. Alright, and the Predator's going up against the creature from the Black Lagoon, also known as Gilman. So this creature is an iconic universal movie monster. The creature is a living fossil and the only survivor of a species from the Devonian Age, which was the age that was a link between the sea and the land animals. So the creature is a semi-aquatic humanoid beast, and it can breathe both air and in water. The creature is an excellent hunter, able to stalk its victims in water, along with sneaking up to them on land. Gilman is very strong, able to claw and beat a person to death quite easily. And his thick skin makes him a worthy adversary as he can absorb multiple gunshot wounds and continue on. Uh, he doesn't have any real superpowers, but the Gilman does have a thickly armored skin, powerful claws, and is much stronger than a human being is. It's also resistant to injuries and has some uh, healing abilities. The Gilman is an excellent swimmer and can also set traps for its victims. So it is tougher, much tougher and stronger than an average human would be. Uh, however, it does have limited intelligence, no ability for any ranged attacks. So it's right. kind of like a dino- dinosaur, basically. Yeah. So I see this fight taking place kind of in a, a swampish area, because the Gilman likes to stick to his swamps and water. He can come on land, and is, can be fierce on land, uh, but he's, he's going to want to stick kind of close to a source of water where he'll, he'll feel he has the advantage. I'm going to be honest here. I'm a big fan of the Gilman, personally. If I was to fight the Gilman, I'd get whoops. Let's be honest. Um, well, well, in both cases, Predator and Gilman, 
you know, both made the point where they are stronger than the average human being. Yes, so it, it's given that a human's going to lose unless you're Arnold and you you come up with some yeah crazy way. Of I mean, even, even the I mean, the Predator was knocking around Arnold, and I'm mean, like, the Gill Man was you know snapping necks like it was nothing, and and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, so so they both have intense strength, which I think would pretty even out. Strength wise, it's even. Right. But it's not just about strength, let's be honest. I mean, I think this is a pretty obvious victory. Ethan, you're the judge. Um, I mean, alright, so. Uh, uh, everybody, yeah, make. Eric, Sean, make your final cases for I'm gonna make my case. Alright. So I think there's a few things that the Gill Man has advantage of the, of the Predator. Obviously, you've seen the Predator movies, you know, things start to turn around as soon as Arnold gets in the water, gets all muddy. The Predator can't use his infrared vision. He can't see him well. This fits right into the Gill Man's, you know, he's going to be camouflaged. The Predator's going to have to use another cycle through his other uh, visions to try to find him. Um, and that could give it the time to Gill Man to sneak up on him. Also, that Code of Honor comes into play where this Predator, if he is stalking and knows the Gill Man and sees that this creature doesn't have any range attacks, he's most likely not going to use his, you know, his plasma cannon or anything. He's going to want to you know, his honor dictates that he needs to go hand-to-hand with this thing. So he's going to use one of his spear or his uh, extendable claws. So I think this is going to be come down to a hand-to-hand combat. And I think if the Gill Man, if it is near a source of water, his only chance of winning, I see, is somehow sneaking up, grabbing the Predator, dragging him underwater, which, of course, will render his invisibility moot. And, you know, Gill Man can breathe underwater, the Predator can't. So he can just wrestle him down like an alligator, drown him out. That, that's how I think this goes down. I hear your argument. The Predator may lower himself to the level of Gilman based on his code of honor. Right. That's a possibility. However, Gilman's claws don't stand a chance. Let's not mess around, guys. Let's move on to the next pair. Ethan, you're the final judge. I think we know how this is going to go. It's the Predator, for God's sake. The, all right, here we go. The, the Predator, at least when we saw it in the movies, has armor. I see the armor being uh, very effective against claws. Exactly. Uh, so that, that takes that out of the mix. So, yes, it's going to be hand-to-hand. It's a swamp. All right. The Predator's from outer space. The Gill Man's from the Black Lagoon. Okay, what is the Black Lagoon? What's the Black Lagoon? I mean, oh, Predator's no, from outer yeah. space. So technology. Yes. No, that's true. You have a... The most feared hunter in space against a swamp creature. Gilman's yeah. a freaking. I, did, I, just, I don't think a Gilman would be a pushover there. No, no. I mean, Predator is going to get his fair share of wounds in this fight, but I see uh, it, it's a no brainer. It's Predator. Okay. Predator moves on, and we are up to our, uh, our second fight. Who do we have, Ethan? Let's see. We have Xenomorph against Frankenstein. All right. So. I'm going to be talking about the Xenomorph, or the famous creature of the Alien franchise. It is one of the most classic science fiction monsters. Uh, unlike a lot of science fiction aliens, the Xenomorphs don't possess any superior technological advantage, and their sole purpose and motivation is just the further propagation of their species. Uh, they do this by capturing other organic life forms, and they use them as hosts to breed their young. So the aliens have a life cycle similar to some insects. Uh, as they go through several stages of life before evolving into their mature state. An adult xenomorph stands around 7 feet tall or a little taller uh, and can travel on both 2 or 4 limbs. They have a spiked venomous tail which can cause instant paralysis, though temporary. 
and they have an inner set of jaws hidden in their elongated head which can shoot out with enough speed and force to puncture through most armored plates or helmets. The Xenomorphs function in a high society where the queen reigns supreme and commands them in their cause of spreading through the universe. So their abilities, the aliens have immense strength and speed, again, a lot stronger and faster than a human is. They have the ability to climb and cling to pretty much any surface. So uh, they can climb vertical or horizontal on the ceiling. And they use this to stealthily get in close to their victims. And one of the Xenomorphs' classic and unusual trait is that they have acid for blood, which can quickly burn through any metal and armor for anyone who's foolish enough to make a close attack on it. So they're strong, fast, agile. They have multiple ways to attack you. However, they do have limited intelligence and no real long-range attacks beyond their leaping ability. So that's the rundown on the Xenomorph. All right, Eric, Frankenstein? Frankenstein. So the original Frankenstein was had pale, clear, wrinkled skin, black lips, black hair, and yellow eyes. Frankly, he was terrifying. He was created by a medical student who would actually rob graveyards to steal body parts to piece together his creation. The medical student was known as Victor Frankenstein, and he was so terrified by his creation when he created his monster that he actually fled, leaving the monster to his own devices. The monster wandered the forest for days and nearly starved. However, he came upon a grizzly bear, wrestled it, and killed it. He then skinned the carcass and made a coat and ate the raw meat. It's pretty awesome. He then wandered the land, looking for Victor Frankenstein, for whom he possessed a deep-seated hatred. Years later, after after Victor dies, the monster is wandering the land, looking for a way to kill himself, if it's even possible. He gets engaged in various battles with Neanderthal men and barbarians. However, none of them are able to match his strength or overcome the monster. He has some super-regenerative powers, so he can heal very quickly. He recovers from bullet wounds in minutes to hours. And the only downside is that he cannot regenerate limbs or organs um, that might get separated from his body. Pros, he has extreme strength, he has size, super speed, and he's nearly indestructible. The process that granted him life artificially enhanced his strengths, and at his peak he can lift about 10 tons. He has increased stamina and can physically exert himself for nearly 24 hours before fatigue hits. And... He does have a few cons, and that's that his intelligence is pretty limited. He doesn't have any any weapons, per se, aside from his bare hands. Alright, so, of course, I'm going with the, the Xenomorph here. They are a pure species that is built and engineered to do one thing. Kill. That's all they do. They kill and they re- and they produce more young. That's two oh. things. Just oh. for the <laughs> Oh, that, okay. Uh, I mean, I, I, I see Sex this. can be distracting. <laughs> I think the Xenomorph takes us pretty handily. I think he can sneak up or outmaneuver Frankenstein. Frankenstein is fast and strong. The Xenomorph, though, just as big, just as strong. Maybe not just as strong, but does have the ability to jump and leap quickly out of the way. I, I want to hear uh, its uh, features again. I remember hearing about the Tail, the yeah, so tail, and the acid blood. Right. right. So they have, something in between that. I mean, one. I mean, their whole body is is a weapon. Uh, I mean, they have sharp claws. They have a, a tail that they can use to whip or impale, and it's a venomous barb. So it, anything it hits, it causes a few seconds of paralysis. The purpose of this is to give time for the xenomorph to grab it and take them back to the hive, where they'll be used as host for more young. 
However, against Frankenstein, I think if he jabs him with his tail, paralyzes him just for a few seconds, that gives enough time for the Xenomorph to pull its classic finishing move, shooting out its inner jaws right into the Frankenstein's dome and just slaughtering him. So are we talking a, a host of Xenomorphs just versus one. Frankenstein? It's, it's one, one on one. one. Okay, one on one. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Frankenstein's a pretty tough dude, pretty strong. I don't even know if that little little scorpion tail would be able to pierce Frankenstein's hide. I don't know. I think uh, Frankenstein's strength has the upper hand in this one. That this this is a tough call. This is tougher than what I was uh, contemplating between Pender and Gilman. The Xenomorph, I would say, wins if it's medium range. If it's hand-to-hand, like, you're up on each other. Yeah. And Frankenstein gets his hands on Xenomorph. But, I mean, that can that can go right into Xenomorph's advantage. Because, say, Frankenstein gets his hands on him, I mean, he can start to tear him apart. But all that Xenomorph needs is to get right up close to your face. Its inner jaw shoots out so fast, Frankenstein head burst open like a ripe watermelon. Ten tons, people. <laughs> That's how much Frankenstein can lift. Almost as much as me. Uh, I could say, probably if he grabs Xenomorph, it's an instant crush. So he won't have time to uh, shoot out his nice little... I'll be honest, I don't know if Frankenstein would able be able to get his hands on Xenomorph. Xenomorph's pretty agile, if I remember correctly from the movies. And once again, the Xenomorph has... I mean, it's it's not going to just run up to the Frankenstein monster. It's going to stalk it, try to come up behind it. And once again, it can, you know, pounce from 20, 30 feet almost instantly. So even if it is going head on, I don't know. I, I just think the, the Xenomorph has the... Frankenstein has his hands. He's going to need to either punch or rip it. The Xenomorph has three or four different ways where it, it can kill Frankenstein. Yeah, you, you, you just won me over with that last argument there. It's just... When it comes to a variety of attacks, uh, it's Xenomorph all the way. Alright, so we going with the Xenomorph there? We're, we're going Xenomorph. All I right. agree. Xenomorph wins. Alright, Xenomorph and Predator have advanced so far. What's our next matchup, Ethan? Alright, so uh, our next fight's going to be between Chimera and the Minotaur. Alright, you want to take the yeah, Minotaur first? Yeah, right. yeah, since Sean's gone a couple times. So, right. the Minotaur... Uh, this is a, a legend from Greek mythology. The Minotaur is the result of a bull breeding with a human female. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird how that happened. They, yeah. uh, basically, the, the woman had a uh, engineer construct a fake female bull or cow, I don't know what it's called, and she climbed inside of it, and the bull had its way. Then out, you know, nine months later, out popped the Minotaur. So kind of weird, but uh, yeah. Very strange. Nonetheless, the end result is pretty fascinating. The result was an abominable creature who is half human, half bull. The Minotaur had the body of a large muscular man, but with the head and hooves of a bull. This violent creature resides in a great labyrinth from which there is no escape and devours human sacrifices for sustenance. He has no supernatural powers, but the Minotaur does possess immense strength and a bloodlust to hunt and kill humans in his infamous labyrinth. The Minotaur is usually depicted wielding a large war hammer or battle axe, something along those lines, and these can cleave men in half with no problem. He is extremely strong, very violent, and possesses a, an extremely powerful weapon. However, he lacks intelligence and has no ranged attack. Alright, he's going up against the Chimera. 
Another mythical Greek creature of ancient times, the chimera is a hybrid creature with the body and head of a lion, a fire-breathing goat's head sprouting from the beast's back, and a venomous serpent for a tail. Some versions of the chimera even have wings, giving it the ability to fly and strike from above, but for this, we're going to assume it doesn't have wings. Alright, so the chimera was the offspring of two other powerful monster gods, Typhon and Echidna, and its siblings include other well-known monsters such as the Sphinx and Cerberus. The chimera is a terrifying monster of Greek mythology that could kill its victims in numerous grisly ways. So this chimera has several abilities and ways it can win a fight. It can shoot a blast of fire from the goat's head. It possesses the speed and ferocity of a lion and also has that venomous serpent at using, acting as a tail, uh, which helps prevent attacks from the rear. It's speedy, fire-breathing, multiple ways of attack again, although much like the minotaur, no real long-range attack. The fire blast does have a limit, and it's you know it's a creature, so it does have limited intelligence also. Um, so yeah, this is the battle of the two classical Greek, you know, myth creatures. And who you think? How do you think this fight goes down? Well, I mean, I think you said it well. This is definitely going to be hand to hand combat. Yeah. And in terms of strength, um, I believe the Minotaur with his with his human torso would have the upper hand. He's got opposable thumbs. Yeah. You know, he can grip onto the Chimera and tear and stuff like that. And, He's got the horns on his head and this hammer. You know, this hammer can be pretty devastating. Um, so, I gotta give it to the Minotaur. Yeah, I think the Chimera, you do bring up some good points. Uh, but also, I mean, the Chimera just also has the three different heads that I can attack from. It, it, do, it does have to be careful of that strength and the weapon of the Minotaur. You know, I, it can probably use its fire breathing to distract it, try to dance around it, find an opening, lunge in. Try to you know, the lion's head can grab and you know use those paws and the you know the, the powerful jaws of the lion to start to ripping into it. That serpent tail can start jabbing, trying to poison the minotaur. I don't know how quickly it's going to affect because the minotaur is so big. The minotaur, he's got some pretty pretty tough hide as well. Yeah, that's true. So I mean, the only way that the minotaur is killed is he was taking surprise when he was sleeping. So he ain't gonna be sleeping. That, that's that right. right uh, yeah, I think the the chimera is going to have to. I mean, pick his openings and just try to take it slow. Just avoid that, you know, use speed and tactics over brute force, which the Minotaur has. But I think the Chimera will be able to, to pull it off in the end. I'm a big fan of brute force. Ethan, what do you think? Another tough call. They're, they're getting tougher. They, they are. Uh, Only one Greek creature can move on. As far as this matchup goes, I'm a huge fan when it comes to variety. So, I'm going to have to go to Chimera. All right. Okay. So, the Chimera eventually takes down the Minotaur and moves on to the next round. All right, and uh, let, let's keep it moving. So, the next fight we have is Samuel against Pennywise. All right. So, I'm going to talk about Samuel, also known as the Angel of Death. So, Samuel is the Hebrew for Venom of a God and is a Prince of Demons. In Judaism, Samuel is one of seven archangels and is believed to be the angel of death and the executioner of death sentences decreed by God. He is considered an accuser, seducer, and destroyer and leads men to do evil. Uh, it is also a legend that he is the one who took the form of the serpent and tempted Eve into sin. Samuel usually takes the form of an angelic-like being possessing 12 wings with which he can fly through the sky and heavens. Samuel also commands a vast army of demons of whom will do his bidding to create chaos. Uh, so Samuel is again, he's considered a poisoner, so he's going to have a variety of 
venom attacks, which can you use to kill just about anything. He can also apparently has the ability to shapeshift, as apparent as him taking the serpent form to tempt Eve. He can also fly around the battlefield using his wings. Uh, he's an expert at seducing and manipulating and causing chaos and destruction at all. Uh, so he has, you know, some powers of magic. He's a great manipulator and tempter. He can fly, has venom to cause death. Um, although Samuel is more known for his skills of manipulation and poisoning rather than personal fighting and hand-to-hand -hand combat. He prefers to fight from the background and shadow and lacks the strength for direct combat skills. So I think he's going to need to be smart about this. So there's a lot of similarities in this matchup. Um, Pennywise, the dancing clown, also known as It, was a particular character that I vastly underestimated um, before researching. Um, he takes on the shape of a clown in order to attract children whom he prefers to kill. He's a lesser form of a higher being, spider-like creature. He has vast powers with near limitless scale that can push the boundaries of reality. He can shapeshift to become whatever his victims fear most. He can read minds, can partially become invisible, not fully. Um, he has razor sharp teeth, and his skills include disguise, trickery, real life illusions. He's, in terms of his prose, he's scary as heck. He has no morals. <laughs> Everyone's afraid of a scary clown. Everybody's <laughs> afraid of it. Stephen King was a genius. He has no morals. In fact, he prefers to kill children. And he can bend reality. However, he is not invulnerable. If, if opponents believe truly that his weapon can kill or harm it, it can. If it transforms, it is forced to obey by the rules of that form. So if he becomes a werewolf, he becomes susceptible to silver. So, so your your previous point, are we talking about whoever Pennywise is facing, whatever he has, as long as he considers it able to kill Pennywise, it can? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I mean, there is a, uh, once again, like the, it becomes a werewolf and the kids believe that the silver can harm it. Um, another time, the person uses, I believe, some kind of like asthma spray, but tricks Pennywise into thinking that's really battery acid. And so, anyways, battery acid use line. Yeah, exactly. I believe is the yeah. line. Um. Anyways, so he has been defeated by children. So that's a huge con. <laughs> Removal of his heart permanently destroys it, and it is psychically sensitive. So courage, heart, love, faith can overcome it. Exactly. I mean, it's the ultimate at inducing fear. But if you can overcome that fear, you know, through courage. He has the advantage. So yeah, this is, yeah, it, like you said earlier, this is kind of a similar fight with two guys that probably aren't going to go into the middle of a ring and start swinging. They're going to They're trying to outsmart each other or, you know. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's all, it, it's not like street smarts, it's book right. So we have, yeah. you know, an archangel, you know, the angel of death versus a demon from the outer voids of space, you know, going at it. Which I will say, I don't think Samuel would be particularly easy to strike fear into. Right. I mean, pretty much any bad things from the Old Testament you think of, he's the one, you know, pulling the strings behind the scenes there. I mean, I, I think he's going to... I mean, they're pretty evenly matching their magical abilities. Once again, I don't think Samuel has much fear, 
unless it somehow turns into the form of Yahweh or something and, <laughs> and uh you know somehow startles him so it gets an opening uh so what do you what do you think this is a no-brainer to me you, you uh Eric when you you listed the cons it, it just turned me away from Pennywise not besides you know going after children. Well, it likes really? to eat the children because the more scared a creature is, the better it tastes. So it likes to scare children. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's, but, that's, I'm just saying that. But that's the reason why. children are, in general, easier victims. That's true. And yeah, we don't have children in this. I mean, yeah, I mean, true. it, whatever you want to call it, is an immensely powerful creature. But yes, you do have to take in the fact that I believe it was five kids, maybe six. Anyway, a small group of kids did manage to outsmart this incredibly powerful creature, but did manage to stop yeah, it. The, the, the glaring weakness of, you know, any object in this world, like, you know, holding a stapler, but the stapler, I believe, can kill Pennywise. I can. I mean, it's like Sam Ale, he's going to think he has the will of God behind him, yeah. and that's going to. There's just no way in my mind that I think Pennywise could pull this off. All right. So, Samuel moves on. Alright, so that was our first eight, the top part of our bracket. Now we have the bottom part. And to start it off, we have Dracula against the Invisible Man. I'll start off with the Invisible Man, also known as Griffin. So, Griffin is a classic villain. He's an albino man who studied optical density. So he's a scientist, pretty smart guy. In his studies, he developed a potion that can make him invisible. And he, he used this potion to his advantage. He used it for some criminal escapades and um, used it to take advantage of other people, to steal money, stuff like that. Um, so he's, he's super smart, he's invisible, and he'll do anything to win. I don't think there's much of a question here. Um, he's unable to be seen using the visible light spectrum. So if he ever goes up against Predator, you know, that might be a different question. But for now, um, Dracula doesn't stand much of a chance. Uh, in terms of cons, he is otherwise normal. He doesn't have any particular powers or weapons. The bottom line is the man's invisible. And so are you saying his invisibility is his go-to move? Yeah, absolutely. He's just inherently invisible. Like, yeah, yeah there's, he can't turn it on or off. He's just invisible. You can't see him. So it's surprise all the time. Oh, yeah. All the time, baby. Um, the main negative is that if he does pick up some sort of weapon, the weapon is not invisible. Right. right. But he is. That's the bottom line. Dracula doesn't stand a chance in this one. <laughs> all right. So I'm on the complete opposite. With authority. With authority, I have the complete opposite view. Well, I think Dracula wipes the floor with this human. Uh, Dracula is possibly the most famous vampire, originating in 1897 and believed to be inspired by the cruel Prince Vlad the Impaler. Uh, so Dracula himself, he's centuries, you're centuries old, and he's a Transylvanian nobleman. So, I mean, Dracula has multiple supernatural abilities. Uh, legend talks of his immense strength, which can equal that of 20 men. He can only be killed by being impaled in the heart, followed by decapitation. He has the ability to float temporarily, um, and he can also climb and cling to the walls and ceiling like a reptile. So Dracula possesses telepathic and hypnotic powers. 
uh, as well, so he can control his victims. He has shape-shifting abilities, able to mimic uh, anything from a bat, dog, wolf, uh, and even fog. So, I mean, he has immense strength, he's fast, acrobatic ability, he has various, you know, magical powers to confuse and control an opponent. The cons is he's m much less powerful during the daylight. Uh, he is repulsed by garlic crucifixes and sacramental bread, and he does require Transylvanian soil to be near him in order to use his regenerative abilities and recover his strength after a fight. However, I don't think this fight is going to last very long at all. I think that the, the, the Dracula, the Prince of Darkness, I think he'll, he should be able to, to root out an invisible man. You're wrong, Sean. You're wrong. <laughs> okay. Eric, make your point. Why, why do you believe he's wrong? Well, you know, just, it's, I mean, look, Dracula has all these weaknesses. Garlic? What the heck? Garlic? A it wooden stake through the heart? Exactly. I wouldn't die with a wooden stake through the heart. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Fall by decapitation. You gotta decapitate him afterwards. Piece of cake. Okay. Invisible man, he's a sick dude. I mean, alright, for years, Dracula has... I mean, there have been expert hunters who have tried to beat Dracula and have failed. I mean, this guy feasts on all sorts of humans for centuries. You know, staying down powerful men. Probably creature, other sorts of otherworldly creatures as well. Griffin might be invisible, but I think Dracula can use some of his other abilities to ferret him out. Like, he can transform into fog and just kind of sense him. Or into, like, you know, a wave of bats and just spread all out until he happens to bounce into anything. And with his strength, I mean, the visible man can sneak up, maybe even get the first blow. As soon as Dracula gets his hands on him, the fight's over. Griffin's a, a normal man. Dracula could literally rip him to shreds. Griffin's a smart dude. He's a scientist. He is. He's a scientist. But Chemicals, potions... Those don't work against Dracula. Mix something up. Mix up some acid. Merely distract Dracula and not kill him. All Dracula can kill Griffin in one shot. Oh, you're right. All right, let's send it to let's send it to the judge. Who takes this? Oh goodness, Eric. Oh, so far you haven't had much luck since the first fight and your presentations. <laughs> these aren't my monsters. I'm just I'm just happy to be arguing for them. Right. You've picked the wrong ones so far. <laughs> As far as this fight goes, so I don't. It, it's Dracula. Dracula, it is. All right, Dracula moves on. All right. After that was our most heated debate. Yeah, it so was. Far. That was. So hopefully we can keep this going with the zombies against the werewolf. Hey everyone, this is Sean cutting in real quick. Uh, we had a little bit of audio troubles in this recent segment. You might have heard a little bit of it. So we salvaged what we could, but we couldn't save everything. Um, so I'm just going to give a wrap-up of the next fight, which was zombies and werewolves. I picked a pack of zombies, uh, the classic undead creatures. I thought their single-mindedness and, and violent behavior would take the day. And Eric was representing a werewolf, the uh, man-wolf hybrid creature, and with its super speed and strength and uh, super senses, he managed to pretty easily persuade Ethan that the werewolf would take the day. So the werewolf took down the pack of zombies without much trouble. And going to jump right into the next fight, I will be representing Pyramid Head, and Eric is going to be talking about Ethan's favorite monster, Freddy Krueger. Let's jump right back in. Alright, so... I've been, I've been waiting for this one. It, it's one of my favorite characters. I won't let on which one yet is one of my favorite characters. It's Freddy. It's, it, yes, it's Freddy. 
I got, I got a surprise. I got a surprise with you. But we got a uh, pyramid head against the infamous Freddy Krueger. Th- this is the match that I was looking forward to. These are two classic nightmare creatures going at it, and uh, I'll start us off with Pyramid Head. Pyramid Head, also known as the Red Pyramid Thing or the Bogeyman, is a monster in the Silent Hill franchise of video games and movies. He's one of the most recognizable video game monsters and has been terrorizing players since 2001. Pyramid Head takes the appearance of a very large, muscular man, but of course has his signature rusted metal pyramid-shaped head. He is usually seen wielding his preferred weapon called the Great Knife, which is a huge, rusted blade that weighs so much he has to drag it along behind him. While it does take great effort to swing, this massive blade is lethal to anyone on the receiving end. The Red Pyramid thing inhabits Silent Hill and torments those trapped in it, and also has a habit of killing and sexually assaulting the fellow monsters residing there, making it the single most feared creature in the hellish town. Pyramid Head is, is portrayed as being very strong. He can absorb a whole lot of damage from any manner of weapons. He carries extremely large and heavy weapons, and it can apparently teleport or manifest itself to different locations. So it's extremely strong. His durability can take damage. Uh, the cons is if it's wielding its giant sword, it does slow him down some. He is usually slow. He doesn't have any range attacks. All I will say, his secondary weapon is a lighter sphere, which allows him to use his agility a little bit more. So, so is Pyramid Head coming into dreams? Uh, I would. I don't think Freddy Krueger wants to go into Pyramid Head's dream. I mean, the way I see that Freddy Krueger's dream world and Silent Hill have very similar aspects. So I see them fighting in an almost neutral ground where both are very comfortable and have draw their powers from the same source. So we're talking Freddy at his, in his um, best possible scenario versus Pyramid Head in his best possible scenario. Exactly. Well, first of all, I want to say it's not the size of the weapon, it's how you use it. Freddy Krueger, <laughs> the famous psychotic serial killer from A Nightmare on Elm Street, is one of the most iconic movie villains. When he was alive, Krueger was a murderer of children before being brutally burned to death by the parents of his victims. Now Freddy haunts the dreams of helpless teenagers as he stalks and kills them in their own nightmares. This vengeful ghost has one of the most signature looks of movie monsters, with his burnt face, torn sweater, and clawed gloves. Freddy is all-powerful and terrifying when stalking people in his dream world, but he can become vulnerable if he's pulled into reality. So Freddy has a wide range of wide array of abilities, including teleportation, transformation, world manipulation, so he can kind of bend reality, and invisibility. He often uses his knife fingers to cut and stab his victims, showering himself in their blood. Kind of disturbing. He's smart, a good attacker, excellent at stalking and tormenting those in his dream world. And I would like to add, he's extremely agile. He is vulnerable when in the real world, however, and he has no ranged attacks. He loses his powers if his victims forget or stop believing in him. I don't think that's going to happen. Let's be totally honest. Pyramid Head, he seems kind of shaky. He doesn't He doesn't seem very confident in himself. He kind of, seems kind of scared, you know? Pyramid Head is... Alright, he's not afraid of nothing. He is the, the punisher of, you know, this Silent Hill world. His whole purpose is to punish those who come there. I mean, he... Freddy might dance around him. When you see the movies, all the kids are afraid of Freddy. Pyramid Head is not afraid of anything. He's just going to charge at Freddy and start swinging that blade. And it's going to take one hit, and he's going to cleave Freddy right in half. How tall is Pyramid Head? Seven to eight feet. 
man flesh. Well, he's, he has the body, but he's pretty much impervious to most damage. Yeah, I got that. Okay. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Pyramid Head is only stopped when it decides to stop itself. <laughs> no one has successfully killed a Pyramid Head. I don't like the way the sword sounds. Sounds like it weighs literally a it, ton. It weighs about 100 pounds. Good luck trying to hit Freddy with that. Freddy will jump over that sword in a second. Hiya! <laughs> Pyramid Head, if you watch one of the movies, he grabs a person and rips their entire flesh off in one pull. He, he's immensely strong. He doesn't need his sword. Even but if he drops it, he can grab Freddy. Freddy's claw is not going to do anything against Pyramid Head. Freddy's got speed. He does have Good luck right. trying to catch Pyramid, him. Pyramid Head has faced monsters. All right, this is this is my bottom line. Silent Hill is filled with the worst type of monsters you can imagine. Pyramid Head kills and rapes them for fun. Freddy Krueger attacks high school kids. Ethan, what do you think? The way y'all are talking a hand-to-hand combat, I have this playing in my head as something else. All right, so. Say they end up going to uh, Pyramid Head's Silent Hill Dream World. Okay. Whatever. I have it then playing out as an Inception, where Freddy then goes in... So it's a dream inside of a dream. Ooh. And then Freddy, uh, you know, torments Pyramid Head there. Right. And Pyramid Head goes down, Freddy Krueger wins. Well done. Alright, well... I'm upset, but we'll continue (laughs) on. That that was a good fight, though. I mean, that's uh, that's two monsters that are the whole purpose is to terrify and stalk you in a, in a hellish world, and they're both very good at doing it. So I I think it'd be a very exciting match to watch. I think we have different definitions of an exciting match, but let's move on. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll show you exciting this next. All right, uh, the last battle of our round of sixteen is Spawn against Medusa. All right, so Medusa also known as the snake-haired goddess. Let me tell you about Medusa. She is a Greek mythological gorgon, one of three sisters. She is, however, the only one that could be killed. Um, But she has the face of a hideous human female with living venomous snakes in place of hair. And she was covered in impenetrable scales along her body. Gazing directly into her eyes would turn onlookers to stone. It is said that whenever drops of her blood hit the ground, venomous snakes will sprout up from them. She can turn people to stone with a single glance. And of course, she has these venomous snakes running around all over the place. I mean, who's not afraid of venomous snakes? I think even Spawn is. But we'll see. (laughs) Even upon death, her head can still turn uh, people to stone. She doesn't have any real powers outside of her gaze that can turn people into stones. Which is a pretty good ability, though. It is, it is. But she doesn't She doesn't really carry any weapons. That's true. Um, so, you know, I think you just said it for me, Sean. She really doesn't have any cons. Let's be yeah. honest. I mean, yeah, she's a, a creature. She doesn't have any glaring weakness. Uh, Definitely not. Thick skin. One gaze can turn people to stone. However, if anyone's going to take down Medusa, it's going to be Spawn. Spawn <laughs> is the infamous comic book anti-hero from writer Todd McFarlane. Spawn used to be an elite Special Forces soldier, Al Simmons, before he was betrayed and killed by a former friend and colleague. His soul was sent to hell, where he makes a deal with a demonic being to return to Earth in exchange for his service as a warrior of hell by becoming a hell spawn. Since then, Spawn has battled all manner of opponents ranging from street thugs, cyborgs, demons, and even angels. Spawn eventually attains powers equal to that of God and Satan, but to make this a fair fight, we'll be discussing Spawn when he was first learning of his powers. 
So Spawn, speaking of his powers, Spawn has a variety of them in attacks. Possessing deadly fighting skills and expert marksmanship from his time as a special ops soldier. As for his hell powers, his only limit is basically his imagination. Spawn has been shown using his powers for a variety of effects, including resurrecting the dead, firing blasts of necroplasmic energy, teleportation, shape-shifting, and curing the sick. Spawn also wears a living, symbiotic, armored costume which serves as both protection and an active weapon. His cape, spikes, chains, and skulls are all part of a living organism, bonded to his central nervous system that will protect Spawn even if he is unconscious. So Spawn is very strong and fast. He's an excellent fighter with both hand-to-hand and gun combat. Uh, possesses of various hell powers. He can take a lot of damage. Cons, very little. He does have a, at least in the beginning where we're talking, he does have a limit as to how much power he can use. And he still has his humanity. So he does, you know, care for his family and has a will to protect certain helpless people. But I don't think his, uh, his humanity is going to have much threat going against Medusa. I think he's going to be pretty single-minded. I'll and, tell uh, you, I'll tell you what, humanity is a huge weakness. And this is not an issue with Medusa. I mean, she's going to stick her snakes on Spawn. What is Spawn going to do? He's going to run around like a little girl, screaming. We're talking humanity as a family and everything, not an evil villain. Yeah, Spawn may be from hell, but he still cares. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Medusa does not. She will kill anything that gets in her way. All right, let me, She's uh, just going to turn him straight to stone. He's not going to know what hit him. Right. Medusa could go all the way. Does he know about Medusa's... I think it needs to be that they know Medusa's... Uh, so, I mean, if he, he looks into Medusa's eyes, he knows he'll turn to stone. I mean, even, so when Medusa, come up even back you know, in the Greek times when Medusa was doing her thing, everyone knew about it. They just couldn't stop it. They couldn't figure out a way to, to turn that against her. Yeah, I mean... Um, Spawn, look, Spawn is smart. He's faced other monsters, demons, angels... Um, he has a variety of powers. He can gun her down, blast her with hell power. Yeah. What What exactly is necoplasmic energy? I mean, it's basically anyways. just it's like hell. It's hell. It's hellfire. Hellfire. Uh, it's like a, it's like a plasmic that just burns with the intensity of hell. I mean, he can shoot blasts of that and burn her up. Yeah. And How he, does he shoot that? Just any way he wants to. I mean, he's out of his hands or eyes. Uh, I mean, he is. I mean, like I said, his pretty much any power that he can imagine, he can do to an extent. I'd like to see that uh, necroplasmic energy try to pierce my scales that I, Medusa has. I think they could do it. I think uh, Spawn would definitely cut her head off pretty easily. And the thing is, say Spawn even turns to stone, or at least his body, his suit is still going to protect him. I think his suit is itself a living organism from hell that's bound to him to protect him. Spike chains has cut numerous people in half. Uh, and used, I think it could use to bind Medusa up, flip her around, turn him against him, and then just wrap around her head and pop it off. Judge, judge. Uh, if we're if we're knowing their weaknesses, Medusa has a glaring one. Or I mean, all you have to do don't look at her it's directly. And don't into get her bitten by a snake. <laughs> I'm sure that uh, Spawn would keep a reasonable distance <laughs> to uh, avoid getting bitten by her hair full of snakes. Spawn. Spawn. Spawn takes no it. doubt. Alright. So now on to the quarterfinal matches. Which one are we going to do first, Ethan? Alright, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up here to keep y'all on your toes. All right. I'm not going to go straight down the row again. Uh... 
let's see. The first one that interests me. Let's just get this one out of the way. It's it's a kind of a no brainer. Yeah. Uh, Chimera against Samuel. Right. So I mean, you have you have the Angel of Death versus a a hybrid monster creature. Um, I do think this is pretty one sided. Yeah, Chimera's got it. <laughs> I will say the Chimera might be able to use its fire breathing to blast Samuel out of the sky. Um, you said it. Samuel. The thing is, Chimera's a beast, so Samuel's not going to be able to use his manipulative powers on it, though. That's the one thing I'm worried about. Um, it does have its, you know, venomous, poisonous. It can fly. However, I do think that if it comes to, you know, hand to hand combat, so to speak, with this beast, the Chimera does have the, up- the advantage there. The question is, would it ever come down to hand-to-hand combat? Would Samael ever get, you know, put himself in the position where he has to wrestle with the Chimera? And I think the answer is no. Yeah, I don't see that happening at all. So Samael wins this one. Okay. Samael moves on to the semifinals. And we will find out who he faces. Predator or Xenomorph? All right. Now, this is this is the classic Alien versus Predator, we're here going here. So, <laughs> AVP. AVP. I would like to point out, however, that the AVP movies, there was no well-defined victor between Alien versus Predator. Right. It's more in, focused in the on... the first one, or the lesser-known, horrible remake... We won't, we, won't be, we won't be speaking of AVP 2. Um, I barely want to talk about AVP 1. But, right, I mean, this, this is a matchup that's been going on for over a decade when they, they merged these two series. Um... And like I said, they, they are pretty neck and neck. It's almost a hands up. I mean, the thing I have to get the Predator is that it hunts these xenomorphs for fun. This is they go on hunting trips to hunt these things. Uh, I mean, the xenomorph is one of the most dangerous beast creatures, alien, you know, in the universe, and the predators hunt it for fun. So I mean, that gives them an advantage that they're well used to these creatures. Um, they've been doing it for generations. Uh, however. The xenomorphs know all about the predators too. The xenomorphs are, can kill anything it gets its hands on. I, I definitely agree that xenomorphs would be on the defensive, but I think the main upper hand that the predator has is intelligence, and I view the xenomorph as more of a beast, yeah. and that's why I put it on the defensive because, like you said, predators going after this creature right. for fun, for sport, and I think given that um, that. The, the predator has the advantage by far. I mean, he's invisible. He's fast. He can perch up in trees. You know, and yeah, Xenomorph's pretty agile, and he has this acid slime that can pose a serious threat to the predator. But I think overall, predator's technology and, like I said, his intelligence gives him the upper hand. All right. Yeah. Uh, the glaring difference is the intelligence. Yes. In uh, reality. As humans, we are definitely the most dominant species on this planet because of our intelligence. Exactly. So, Predator's got this one because he can clearly outsmart the Xenomorph. Alright, Predator's moving on to the semifinals. The bottom bracket here of this uh, quarterfinals, I think, th- this is... This is where it gets real. Th- this We stacked them up down here. Yeah. So, we have Dracula against Werewolf. Another classic matchup. Dracula's versus werewolves, they've been fighting forever. I think Dracula takes against the werewolf. I mean, he, once again, he has the intelligence on this. He's going to outsmart the werewolf. Once again, these two werewolves and vampires have been going at each other for centuries. They know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And Dracula being the smarter creature in this situation, I think he takes advantage of that. 
he's going to know he has to bring some silver along with him. No range attacks, really, but I think he can use his special different abilities to sneak up on the werewolf, perhaps, uh, or even his agility, even if it does come to a hand-to-hand combat. I mean, he's no slouch in the strength department. I think he can match the werewolf with strength, but I think he might have a little advantage in the speed there. Again, I think this is another uh, matchup that's been well depicted in movies. For instance, the Underworld series, and I, I think the werewolf definitely has the upper hand. I mean, it's the super senses that it comes down to. I mean, the werewolf's going to be able to smell Dracula coming. He's and he's not. He's just not even going to. He's just going to react like an animal, like the beast that he is, and he's going to tear Dracula to shreds. Hey, Dracula can use his shape shifting though. Maybe turn himself into a wolf. Try to get up alongside the 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 werewolf itself before becoming its true self and springing the attack. I mean, I think they're both super agile. They both have a lot of good things going for them in terms of abilities. But I think it goes to the werewolf. I think whoever wins. I mean, both these guys are taking chunks out of each other. Definitely. Well, th- th- this is how I see it. Uh, in the first uh, round, you mentioned that Dracula can only be killed with a wooden stake right. to the heart and uh, then decapitated. Right. Does the werewolf have enough intelligence to know that he can bring these things? I mean, they are human-wolf hybrids. So, I mean, they do... They, they're not dumb wolves. They do have, uh, you know, some intelligence. They do lose some of their humanity and their ability to think. They become bloodthirsty. But I think that, you know, if this is a seasoned werewolf, it, would have it knows how to deal with vampires. To so it's going to know that just like Dracula is going to bring along some silver, the vamp's going to know that he needs to bring along, you know, a stake and something sharp. I mean, he can probably decapitate Dracula with his hands, but it's going to it's going to it's going to bring its own weapons. So it's really I mean, they're both pretty it, evenly matched. It, here. It, it makes it tougher now to decide who's going to win it with. Uh, the it's, almost a, it's almost a toss up. I mean, it is. And. I'm going to go werewolf. I'm going werewolf oh, on this one. I'm surprised. My Dracula. I think that's a, the first upset of the, I'm surprised. the tournament. That was, that was, that was, that's a close fight, though. Close fight, for sure. Um, all right, the werewolf moves on. All not right. unscathed. Not unscathed. No, definitely yeah, not unscathed. He's, he's, he's torn up. <laughs> he, he, he's hurting going into the next round. Yeah. All right, well, let's see who the werewolf's going to match up against. <sighs> we got my favorite, Old Freddy, against Spawn. Right. I think this, I mean... If any of these guys are going to match against Spawn, Freddy Krueger does have a slight advantage just because, I mean, Spawn is haunted by his past memories of his, his family and being betrayed, and Freddy's definitely going to use that against him. Um, however, I mean, in terms of powers or superpowers, uh, Freddy can do his little mind tricks or try to scare Spawn. Spawn isn't going to be scared. He might be manipulated, but he's going to want to hunt down Freddy Krueger Um I think if, you know, high school kids can do it, you know, a hell spawn is more than a match for Freddy. I agree. I mean, I, I don't think Freddy's claws would give him much of an advantage in this particular uh, setting. I think Spawn's technology, his hell technology, his necroplastic plasmic blasts are enough to do Freddy in. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and then I'll... Uh... He's, he's pulling for Freddy. Let's hear him out. <laughs> Is Freddy ever really in reality? Well, I mean, he comes into the real world. Um, and he's he's weaker in the real world. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he still has some of his powers, but, but is he... <laughs> he is hurt. 
you know, he's stunned a few times. But, I mean, you take the first movie, uh, you know, a little 16-year-old girl sets a few, you know, Home Alone-style booby traps and slows him down. She catches him on fire. Pretty much, she makes Freddy run away from her in reality. Um, I mean, I think to be fair... So, you would have to meet some kind somewhere to, in the middle. To be fair, we're bringing Freddy into the reality. And we're bringing Freddy. Bring Freddy Spawn. is uh, going into Spawn's, pulling Spawn into his uh, his dream world, but Spawn is turning that into hell also. So I, I think we need to put them on equal footing again. Okay. Um, so yes, Freddy still has his powers, but so Spawn has his full abilities also. I mean, I just don't. I, I don't see. I think Freddy can you know, maybe do some damage or torment spawn, but I just don't see any way he can actually kill spawn. I, I can see spawn easily in numerous ways. I don't even think Freddy can get close enough with spawn's no, range. No, no, no. When it comes to physicality, spawn right. has this. Yes. Now what I'm what I'm grappling with here, since I'm huge on Freddy, yeah. is uh the mental aspect of it. You mentioned that he... Uh, well, I mean, you, you took Spawn, I think, is one of the most mentally strong monsters here. But it, you, you just said that, you know, Freddy could use his past of, you know, his right. family torments. To torment him and maybe trick him a little bit. But I don't think... I mean, Spawn is... You take him from a special ops soldier to a veteran of that to being, you know, a warrior of hell. He himself is is very mentally strong, and I think he's more of a match. He's not going to let Freddy Krueger play his little games. He's going to blast him and send him to his own hell. Ethan, I know you're really pulling for uh, Freddy on this one, but I think Spawn's definitely got the upper hand. I'm afraid, but yeah. it's your call. You're the judge. You, you know, I, I was just trying to play devil's advocate there, but you know, it's it's fairly one sided towards Spawn. Spawn wins it. All right. Spawn. Alright, that's uh that's the quarterfinals. Here we go. Oh, we got four monsters left. Let's see, we got Predator against Samuel. Let's see who goes to the finals. Alright. So I mean this this is an interesting matchup. I mean Samuel has the ability to fly, can try to poison the predator in some way, trick him. I mean Arnold is able to, to trick the predator to some extent. And an Archangel should have some ability. He would have to definitely keep a distance, though. You guys have been referencing Arnold's battle with Predator a lot, and I think that's unfair. I think, you know, the Predator's code, he brought himself down to Arnold's level that's, to fight that's true. on his ground. I don't it, think that's it, a fair reference. I think the Predator has vastly more abilities than we've been getting, giving him credit for, and I think the Predator at his full strength would crush Samuel. Obviously, he has the strength in, in the fighting. He has his plasma cannon, which can track and shoot Samuel out of the sky. Um, Samuel's, you know, he's old a, he's, he's a Yeah, he's an old, he's a trickster. He's playing behind the scenes. He doesn't want a direct confrontation. But I think the Predator can hunt him down. Predators can hunt him down. I already have the matchup I want to see in the finals. And Predator's in it. All right. Predator wins. Predator moves to the championship round. And uh, for the next semi, Werewolf and Spawn. This matchup, I think this is where Spawn is really going to thrive. I mean, Werewolf has no psychological abilities on Spawn. He has 
clearly no upper hand. Spawn is just raw power and killing skill. I don't think Werewolf stands a chance. I think Werewolf's going to charge at Spawn, which is all he can do. He's got to cover a lot of ground before he has any shot at killing Spawn, and Spawn has this expert marksmanship. I don't think there's Yeah, I don't, I don't think. I mean, if Spawn knows anything about the werewolves, he knows he's going to have to bring silver bullets. Once again, yeah, I don't think werewolf gets close. Spawn lights him up with all the guns he has. If those fail, his chains will go out, uh, trip up werewolf, uh, wrap around him, keep him immobile, and Spawn can just go and kill him as he pleases. Uh, I think this is a pretty one-sided fight. I agree. It, it is one-sided. Spawn wins. Now, here we go to the finals. All right, here we go with the championship match. And lo and behold, at how it's played out, we have one of Eric's monsters, Predator, against one of Sean's monsters, Spawn. That's right. The villain of all villains. And I think there's no question, quite frankly. I mean, let's do a brief recap. (laughs) Let's do a brief recap on Predator. He's got technology. He's got these ancient spears and wrist blade thingies and plasma cannons. He's invisible. What is Spawn going to do against invisibility? Let's be totally honest. I uh, I mean, it's been a while since I've read Spawn comics. I'm sure he's fought somebody with invisibility before. Probably didn't do very well. S- Spawn does die a lot. <laughs> uh, but the, that's, on, not a, that's not a way to win me. On the plus side, when Spawn dies, he goes to hell and they give him a pep talk and send him right back up. Um, mostly in his beginning stage, which he's in, because we, we do need to l- limit Spawn's abilities to make this a fair fight. I mean, Spawn is no slouch at, you know, stalking himself. Uh, if he knows this Predator is, 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 you know, stealthy using Invisible, he's going to, you know, he's going to lurk in the shadows. He's going to set a trap, get the Predator to come to him. And I mean, talking about weapons, Spawn's got quite an arsenal himself. He's usually strapped with, you know, multiple machine guns, submachine guns. Uh, he's, I mean, hand-in-hand, he's extremely strong. He's got a, a cape, which he can use to help protect himself. He's got his skull and chains that can shoot out in all directions and try to fight Predator by itself. I mean, his suit's going to be fighting Predator, trying to distract him while he's unloading with all his guns on him. I mean, let's Predator's spear isn't going to do very much. I mean, he might throw it at him once or twice. Probably won't do very much, but Predator's huge advantage is the plasma cannon, and he's just gonna blast Spawn right back down to hell. Right, and Spawn, I mean, he, he can take some damage though. He can take some big hits, and and he does have he can regenerate himself to an to an extent. But you have to remember, I mean, the Predator doesn't have unlimited power himself. He, you know, his plasma cannon needs a little bit of recharge time. It does it draws from an energy pack. I think Spawn's gonna try to use his agility. Try to teleport it a little bit, use his own cloaking ability, try to get out. I mean, so you, I mean, Spawn can, if he wants to, he can become invisible for periods of time also. So. Predator's got infrared, baby. And Predator has crossed the galaxy to fight Spawn. Spawn has crawled his way through the Earth's crust from <laughs> hell to face this little alien guy trying to hunt on his planet. Spawn is going to protect <laughs> humanity. Let's talk hand-to-hand combat. I think in a hand-to-hand match... Predator might have a slight disadvantage based on Spawn's armor and this crusty scale, scaly cape, CNS, central nervous system armor type thing that he's right. got going on. Whatever. 
But yeah, I mean, I think the predator might have a little bit of the size and maybe a little bit of strength. And I mean, his claws could probably gouge Spawn pretty bad. Spawn's armor is going to try to protect him. You know, Spawn's going to be lashing out with necroplasmic energy, trying to blast Predator off. I do think at a range fight, I think Spawn takes this. At a um, range fight? Yeah. I think the Predator's only chance beyond sneak, you know, getting a few secret blasts in there. Uh, I think he will does need to come in with those, you know, extendable claws and try to carve up Spawn, try to maybe decapitate him in, in one shot or something. But I mean, I think, I mean, this is pretty even fight. They both have range plasma-like weapons. Even both- fight? I think it's pretty one-sided oh, well, myself. One-sided for the Hell Beast, I say. All right, I think we've done enough discussing here. Ethan, who is the monster of all monsters? The villain of for... all villains. Villain of all villains, the monster of all monsters. I heard something in y'all's debate that just made the decision for me. This is a one-on-one, one-time fight. Right. Yes, Spawn can come back, hence his name. But Predator has invisibility. So does Spawn. Infrared. Infrared. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> range attack. Brute force. It's Predator. Predator wins. Predator right. wins. Predator takes this tournament. There you have it, folks. Predator is the number one monster. The king of monsters. That's right. All right, well, thanks for tuning in to our tournament here. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please email us at strangematterspodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at strangematterspodcast.com. Visit our Facebook page. If you're listening to us on iTunes, please leave a rating and a review. It really helps us promote the podcast and get new listeners. Good night, everybody. Bye, guys. See ya. Cut. That's. I'll, I'll cut you somewhere. All right. Um. Or our Facebook page. Um. Yeah. So. We're really falling apart here at the end. I want to do some massive editing here. All right. Start the outro all over again. All right. Thanks uh, for listening. If you have any feedback, uh, fuck.